Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked on Guardians. Got it right this time. I want to thank you for making Locked on Guardians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, devices. Anywhere you get pods, you will find this show. And this is just a reminder, downloading daily is the easiest thing you can do to help this show if you enjoy it. Leaving a review, the next easiest thing you can do to help the show if you enjoy it. Got some nice feedback, uh, specifically, thank you, Nathan, for some kind comments on the Doug Jones of it all yesterday. Uh, Sad in his passing. And something that Nathan pointed out uh, is, like, when I talked about retiring his number, it's a shame, like, it didn't happen already. Doug Jones, I mean, he made five All-Star games, so he did have some chances at big moments. This is a guy who was never the star. You know, he was never a big name. He was often probably viewed at points. I mean, he was the Indian Sloan representative a lot of times, which always kind of carries a, when you're on a bad team, there's, a, you know, a, do you, you know, are you Ron Coomer or do you actually deserve to be here? And it would have been nice to give Doug Jones that opportunity to be honored in that way. Because I do think, legitimately, he should be up for, uh, you know, his number being considered for retirement. Uh, Again, it's a hot take, but it's one I'll stand by. Today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about finances. We're going to talk about how Coco Crisp and Michael Brantley might be closer than you think. And we're going to talk about the absolute travesty of the first and second team uh, awards that came out. And then if we have time, and I've been saying this all week and we're running out of time, we'll talk some news. We'll talk about failed prospects. I mean, I've been holding open those tabs, and I'm someone who hates having open tabs. So it's uh, it's been painful not getting to that. Uh, if you have been enjoying that series, trust me, it's hurting me more than you to not do it. But I want to start out with money, because this caused a big issue today. Uh, MLB Trade Rumors released a uh, a brazen, callous, and not well-researched article. Uh, that, that's I'm putting it that way, because all these people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... So the article, if you missed it, it's not really, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, they're basically making this whole point like, you know, at their peak, they spent $124 million. So if they spend even $100 million, think of what they could do. And it's like, okay, well, first off, yeah, you're taken from peak. That's not a good starting point. That's, that's also not like a logical starting point. If you're going to do anything to figure this out, it's like, well, let's take before you know, this past season, let's take the last five years, average those out to get more of a starting point for value. That's not what they did. They didn't spend that much time in terms of just the money of it all. Because here's what it comes down to with the Indians and money. You know, I see a lot of people talking about, oh, the Indians should sign a reliever. And I know in the past, I've brought that up on the show. The Indians are never going to sign a free agent reliever. They're not because it's bad money. It's a fool's errand. It's a low payoff proposal. This is a front office that doesn't do low payoff. Yes, they traded for Andrew Miller, but Andrew Miller was, at the time, arguably the best reliever in baseball. He was certainly on the best contract, and he had been consistently excellent. Uh, you go and you look what Aaron Loop, to talk about you know some recent news, what the Angels just paid him for, a guy who, yeah, he's been great this year and in the weird 2020 season, but before that was incredibly up and down. Uh, the cost to get him... And knowing that, like, consistency, it's not like this is a guy with five good years in a row. It's a guy who had one good year and one good third of a year. Like, that's, and they're paying him, what, $8 million a year? And that's that's a significant amount of money. Uh, the Indians aren't going to sign a reliever. But the bigger thing, you know, people thinking that they're going to get Marte, they're going to spend. And, and, you know, of course, Hiram, if you listen, I love you. I love your passion. I will always say that. I know people dig on, you know, hate on Hiram. I appreciate someone who's passionate. I'm, I'm just going to say that there. And Hiram, of course, immediately sent me that article and tagged me in it along with four other people. Like, yeah, the Indians are going to spend. Here's why the Indians aren't going to spend. 
here's why. And you know, I had people telling me like, go join another fan base or like, uh, you know, we're going to go out and do stuff. Uh, and I was going to comment and I'm like, ah, you know what? This person isn't worth it. It just made me laugh. I'm like, and you don't understand baseball because here's, and for a lot of people, it's fair. If you think they're going to spend and you're like, what do you mean? Why aren't they going to spend? That is totally fair. So let me explain it to you. Let me lay it down. Uh, as we would say back in the day, the reason that they aren't going to spend is trifold. So one, I've been blanking all day for the exact term, but that 30% share that, and we know it's 30% now, we know that Sherman owned 30% of the team. It's not in a trust. It's in another, you know, uh, financial term that's been escaping me. If you know it and you can think of it, please tweet it to me. Uh, this is driving me insane, but essentially, you know, they put it to the side, uh, and, when a new minority owner comes, uh, Sherman's going to get paid out. But I'm sure there is some kind of um, deal worked here. There's some kind of interest being paid or something. This is not an ideal situation for anyone. This is something that is literally just like, not literal, opposite of literal. It's like a figurative sort of Damocles, like just swinging over their heads because of the financial issues with the Dolans. And we'll get to that a little bit more in a second here. But they, you know, this is sitting here. It is something that they want sold. It's something both sides want someone else to own so more money can flow in. This is holding them back. Now let's talk about the next point. It was when, you know, the talk about uh, new ownership was brought up or new minority ownership uh, just a few weeks ago was mentioned. Uh, It was brought up that Dolan wants to sell a larger part of the team. It's not 30% that's currently sitting out there on the open market, you know, in these discussions with other potential owners. It's 40%. They're looking for someone who's going to come in and buy 40% of the team. But yet, uh, Dolan, it sounds like, is more resistant to seed control than ever. And, you know, I talked about that article specifically from the athletic and why like so one they want the new owner to pay a valuation of uh, if if the team was valued at 1.4 million they were last valued at a little under one so it's a massive increase uh they're asking for a significant like overpay and then they're saying you get you have to buy 40 percent of the team but you don't necessarily get a pathway to complete ownership uh it's they've set up a situation where he's he's not going to be able to get that minority owner like it's a situation that is very unlikely to lead to someone wanting to buy. But again, it's not just that they want someone to come in and take what Sherman you know, used to own for this team. They want someone to buy even more. Uh, Dolan is looking to get more cash in and uh, still remain control, but he's looking to get more money out of the Indians. He's not looking to put more money into the team. He's not looking to say, well, I'm only going to sell 20% this time. And, you know, in addition, that 20% isn't going to lead to future ownership. He's saying, no, now I want to sell 40% and that won't lead to future ownership. So it, it it's a rough situation. But specifically, if you have an owner who's looking to unload more of the team, he is not likely to look to giantly increase the payroll. And then let's get to the biggest part of this. The biggest part of this and the thing that's a little underreported, frankly, across all of baseball is Bally Sports is likely dead dead in the water right now. Uh, it is very unlikely they are going to survive the next 18 months as a company. Uh, they may not even survive the next six to eight months. Uh, a lot of this comes down to if they can get an app off the ground that makes sense and works. But because of the rate and cost of things, along with just, you know, cord cutting in general, Bally Sports is in serious trouble. 
Like the reason they got the Bally name was for gambling, and that money is already out the window. I mean, they're massively in the hole. I I think they're going to go out of business in the next 12 months. That is my view. Why this is more important than all the other facets, and the other facets should have already had you like, uh, the reason this is more important is uh, TV revenue is bigger to the Indians than you know what they get from fans coming through the door. It's bigger than merchandise. It's bigger than all of that stuff. It is a bigger, it is frankly, probably the biggest chunk of their revenue and it could be gone. Like, honestly, there's a way where like in July, Hey, TV revenue has gone. And you're like, well, then they could sell it to someone else. But what's the market going to be all of a sudden you're in a situation where, uh, and to get the money they're owed, they could be locked up in court. Uh, it's a situation, like I said, the Indians are supposed to get $40 million. They could get some of that, but then they could be missing a chunk. And then all of a sudden they have to find a way to, to quickly, because that's the thing. If it happens in the middle of the season, if Bally's goes under, it's like someone could buy Bally's and that could be just a simple like continuation. But who wants to buy something that's already underwater, right? Who wants that asset that's already a proven failed model? I mean, maybe Google, maybe one of these uh, companies to try to make their, you know, basically cable, but via the internet, uh, uh, something they can market even more. That is possible. But there's also the possibility that you are sitting there with the Indian, you know, if you own the Indians, if you are Dolan, you already had, we lost all those ticket sales because of COVID. We had the shortened season. We had this issue. We've lost so much money. Now my TV contract potentially could drop out on the middle of the season and I'm left in a lurch. Do you think that guy's going to spend more money? I mean, just let's be honest. He wants to get more of his money out of the team. He wants to get... So that's the first issue. He has a TV contract that is a real issue right now and could go away at any time. And uh, he still can't find anyone who's willing to invest. Those three things combined. I, do you, like I said, I think they could get up to 60, 65. You know, I don't see beyond that. Like 70 would surprise me. I mean, that's, that's a big jump. I, I just don't see that happening because of what I mentioned Tell me what you think. Am I right? Am I wrong? Did you know this whole situation was going on? All these parts and uh, everything else. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. But this is why I think you have to be a little more realistic about how this offseason is going to go. And, you know, I didn't touch on the Fangraphs piece, which talked about some of these points as well. Basically, the fan- Fangraphs piece I read a little bit yesterday from Eric Longenhagen. You know, he talked, reached out to people around the league. And... You know, they stated that, you know, it didn't seem like the Indians were willing to add money right now. Uh, so essentially in that article, it also stated like the Indians are hard to deal with. But like, I mean, we've been hearing that for time immemorial. Like they, they have a board, they stick to it and they don't deviate. Other teams are copying them. I mean, you look at the the approach is now becoming the norm because they are so successful uh, overall. But yeah, it's uh, I, I don't see the pathway there. I just don't. Again, let me know what you think. Uh, We're going to come back in segment two, talk about the travesty of the first and second team, uh, all MLB teams. Before we do that, let's take a moment and talk about our good friends at BuiltBar.com. So I got another recent, uh, you know, try before you buy type of deal. Uh, Just letting us know, and man, they keep getting better and better. This key lime pie one was fantastic, and the apple crumble, they got a new coating on it that makes it even more if you like you're eating a candy bar the uh it's pink coating like a chocolate thing i 
I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how they're doing it. It's some kind of black magic. All I know is I love it. It's delicious. Give me more. They sent me two of each, six. Yeah, that's that's a level of swag I get is I get six free bars. But still, it is a fantastic product. I love it. I eat it. That was my lunch with those three today. And I felt totally full. They might be saying, you ate three. How can that still be good for you? Well, they were 150 calories each, so I'm only eating 450 calories at lunch. My sugars were still, I want to say, like 15 max. I want to say it was even under that, like 12. And I'm getting a ridiculous amount of protein, like over 50 grams. That's a healthy lunch. Check it out for yourself at BuiltBar.com. I almost forgot to tell you to use the promo code LOCK15. I use the promo code. It is a great deal. Uh, I'm hoping they're going to bring back their Christmas flavors. I liked the uh, the peppermint candy cane thing last year. That was great. We will have to see. Keep your eyes peeled. I'll let you know if they do. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. And I want to thank you for listening to Locked on Guardians. Uh, I know I probably still get the name wrong often throughout the show, but thank you for listening, making it your first listen daily, free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, and the like. Uh, so the people who vote for first and second team, all uh, all MLB, are uh, they stink. Uh, I would use harsher, harsher language, but this is a family-friendly podcast. Uh, if you can think of a meaner word, uh, you can apply it to them because it's an absolute joke. There's no other word for it. It is a joke. It is a travesty. It is an abomination to baseball that Jose Ramirez was not first team, let alone not even first or second team. Uh, Austin Riley had a great year. I mean, I was very down on him. I, I was like, oh, I would not trade Jose Ramirez for Austin Riley. He's a bad defender. Uh, he's really struggled throughout his career. He hasn't shown much. Uh, I mean, I look like an idiot. He had a great year, but he's still an awful defender. Uh, and offensively, yeah, I get it. He hit 300 with 30 home runs. And if you are someone who's into old school stats, oh, you know, you take your Metamucil and you feel good right now with those numbers. Uh, but those numbers don't, you know, there's value. Like, I mean, there was a few t- uh, years ago, and I offend anyone. I am sorry. But I'm really annoyed at people who refuse. If you are going to write about this game, if you are going to be someone who's going to be helping this game grow, if you are part of the media of this game, then you need to understand the game. If you're just a casual fan, whatever. If you're like a fan who's like, well, I have the things I like, that's fine. And a few years ago, like I was like, average is awful. No, average has value. It's not as valuable as on-base percentage, but it does give you important information. Home runs mean a lot, but it's still only... You know, he hit 33. He came to the plate over, what, probably 600 times. That's only 33 of those 600 times. Uh, there's a lot more things happening. And to only look at those bare numbers, Devers, again, when Devers won Silver Slugger, Devers, you know, however his name is, uh, I was like, fine, whatever. Like, Ramirez and him are relatively close. If you're a traditionalist, there was no way you were going to vote for Ramirez, even though he had a higher runs created plus, even though he had, you know, higher uh, stats across many areas, he even had a higher uh, isolated power, even though, uh, he, I mean, he had two less home runs, 10 less RBIs, and 13 uh, points lower in batting average, but his on-base percentage was higher. They had identical slugging percentages. Uh, Jose, though, stole 27 bases, which is part of the offensive gain to five. So if you're getting into it, it's like even across those traditional lines, it's like Ramirez and it was slightly better. But, you know, one guy had two more home runs. So he got the silver slug or whatever. But when you're talking all M- 
all MLB. Uh, that means you're looking at the whole game, all of it, not just what they're doing as a hitter. It means you're looking at all of it. Defensively, I mean, he ran circles around. These are two bad defenders. Riley is atrocious. Dever, Devers is eh. He's average at best. Base, I'm sorry. No, he's not. I was looking at base running, which I was going to talk about next. He's bad. Riley is is awful. Uh, Devers, Devers is just bad. And then when you come around and talk about base running, that's where Devers is eh. And Riley is abysmal. And Jose Ramirez is an excellent base runner. Like He is one of those guys who brings additional value. So he blows him away as a base runner. He blows him away as a defender. And offensively, he is in their ballpark. I mean, what are you going to say? Uh, Ramirez had more home runs than Riley. So you're just going to say that because he hit 266 and Riley hit 303 and Devers 279. Uh, if you're going to talk about Riley, yeah, he hit, I'm sorry, let me make sure. He, I mean, he had that better on base percentage. Riley did. He did, had that higher batting average to help. Uh, his slugging was actually lower than the other two guys. And again, the worst defender, worst base runner of the group. His offensive score by Fangraphs, and they take all of their data, was 25.8, Devers 27.6, 35.4 for Jose Ramirez. One can make a case that, like, Mancado, Manny Machado, Mancado, oof, Manny Machado was better than Austin Riley. One can very much make that case that Riley wasn't even the best in the National League when you're looking whole picture. Uh, one can put him up there. One could argue Moncada was better than uh, than Riley in, in terms of production. You go through and you look at the runs created plus. Austin Riley is a 135, 134 for Devers, 137 for Ramirez. Ramirez was the better offensive player. Again, when it came to Silver Slugger, I was like, it is a close. They are essentially neck and neck. It's probably going to go to the bigger market guy, and it did. But that was just the bat. When you expand to beyond the bat, when you're talking defense and base running, it's not even a contest. So whoever voted for this award, um, it, it's an embarrassment. Like you can't, def- I want to hear their defense because it's going to be some, and this is why I made that joke. And if you know, you are someone who's an older listener. I appreciate you. I love you. Um, you know, my father is an older listener, uh, or if you're someone who loves traditional stats, I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for listening. But you're not voting for these awards. It's not your job to to go in depth like I'm doing here. Like that's part of my job. And I don't know enough. I still am trying to grow and learn and find out more all the time. And it infuriates me how few writers want to do that. Uh, I mean, my day job is a teacher. And if I'm not sitting there going to conferences over the summer, I lose my certification. I think that's part of the problem almost with baseball writers. It's like you get it and you're, you get to stay in there and you don't have to learn a darn thing for 45, 50 years if you don't want to. And you can keep the same bad, outdated take and never learn and evolve with the game. And if you're like, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, yeah, big picture, it's not, but it's a joke. Like when it comes down to things like Hall of Fame voting, they're going to come back and with a Jose Ramirez and be like, well, how come he didn't make that many first or second team all MLBs? Why was he not an all-star? Why didn't he win? You know, he doesn't have the hardware, these other guys. And we hear this as a reason to not put players in. And the reason they don't have that hardware is because you writers are bad at your job uh, voting on these awards. 
Like it, it's there are many who are great, but there are many who are awful. And this is a situation where it's not even like I said, Jose Ramirez blows these guys out of the water. It's not close, it's not a contest, it's not even up for debate. He has a war of six point three, four point seven for Devers. Mancado, because of his defense and his ability to base runners, at 4.5. Machado's a 4.4. Austin Riley, a 4.2. Nolan Arenado, Justin Turner are fours. Uh, then you have Chris Bryant at 3.6. Matt Chapman at 3.4. And a bit of a surpriser here with uh, Jamir Candelario of Detroit coming in 10th at 3.2. But <laughs> the gap between Devers and and Candelario, 2 and 10 is 1.5. The gap between Jose Ramirez and Rafael Devers is 1.6. There is a bigger gap between 1 and 2 than there is between 2 and 10. To get to that gap, you have to go down to Eduardo Escobar, who is 11th, who is a 3. So that's a 1.7 gap between 2 and 11. Okay, so now you finally equal the gap between 1 and 2. And who is 1? It's Jose Ramirez. So, uh, pardon my annoyance. Pardon my uh you know getting at it but it's a it's a joke it's an absolute joke and it's just people aren't doing their jobs plain and simply there's no other way to put it no other way around it either you're having a bias because the indians didn't or that's what we'll hear i guarantee you if you ask someone why didn't you vote for him well uh the indians you know because they were the indians now they're the guardians whatever the indians uh didn't make the postseason and riley's team won the world series and uh you know, Devers' team fought back to get that wild card, and you'll hear that. Those were those guys made the postseason. This isn't about, like, who was on a better team with better supporting cast. This was about who was the best at that position. It's Jose Ramirez. It's not close. Now, I know this stupid silly award was 50% voted on by fans and 50% by a panel of experts. So, of course, larger markets, things like that, are going to shift it majorly. But... Uh, you still, I, I'm always going to wonder about that panel of experts and how much uh, they're going to tip one way or another. So if you're out there being like, come on, Jeff, 50% of the fans voted on it. Of course, this was a, a fan fest thing. Uh, and you have a point. But at the end of the day, to have something called an all MLB team, something that's probably going to get put on the back of cards, something that you know is going to be one of those things that, that could potentially be referenced down the road for a player's Hall of Fame fantasy, uh any of those things like that uh it's a travesty when the guy who's clearly the best player at that position does not win the award segment three in a minute we're gonna come back and discuss some of the free agent signings and other news around baseball betonline.ag it's thanksgiving we all know what that means football nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting bet online is you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for sports action this Thanksgiving. Head over to our updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On, which you have to use to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online. We're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. So let's take that hop around baseball, discuss some news. Let's start with old friend alert. So Clint Frazier, the minute he was released, I had people asking me about him. Uh, we don't really know what his health situation is. It was never fully discussed. He had a concussion issue, and then 
this season he just stopped playing. Like he was sent down to the minors and had issues with vertigo. And beyond that, like, I mean, the Yankees expressed, Aaron Boone expressed concern that he might not ever play again. Uh, Clint Frazier never really stated, nor does he need to state what exactly is occurring, bothering him, what issue he is having. Uh, but he was released and passed through waivers. No one wanted to pay him $2.5 million next year. Now, any team that did sign him as a free agent would still have three years of arbitration. So there is something to be worked out with him, potentially. Uh, you know, the Indians, the problem with signing a Frazier is their 40-man, as we've discussed on this show, is tight. They need to, you know, they need to figure out the side deal, see if there is a deal to get, you know, some value for a Zimmer for a Mercado. Do what, you know, the Rays did when the Indians traded, um, you know, I'm blanking on Junior Camarino, Camanero for Tobias Myers. Like, I, I think that's a good trade, but they need to do some of those in reverse, you know, trade a Bradley Zimmer for that guy who's, you know, a Victor Nova type to reference their own trades. Frazier so far uh, through, I mean, he's played in the big leagues parts of five seasons, 228 games, 239 batting average, 327 on base, 434 slugging, but a 761 OPS. That's not like awful. 104 OPS plus. He's been above league average in general. The biggest hangup, honestly, at a lot of points was he played for the Yankees, who are paying Stanton and judge lots of money who keep, you know, Brett Gardner as an institution, Austin Hicks as a true center fielder. Frazier's a pretty bad uh, outfielder at this point in time. Like, I thought, yeah, it's, it's interesting because he was a guy I thought could be a, a, you know, average center fielder. But for whatever reason, he has, like, regressed uh, throughout his career in center. He was a fast guy when he was drafted, I think, and it, he was already built. Like, he was a strong kid, so I didn't think he would lose some of that speed and defense, but his defense values have been pretty awful uh, throughout. His base running data isn't good. So the problem for any team adding a Clint Frazier is, yeah, he's got a huge, strong arm. He can play left or right, but he can only play left or right, and defense isn't even average hit tool is probably below average but you're hoping for plus power i mean his raw power i mean his bat speed with raw power was plus plus when he was uh you know a high school kid he's definitely one of those ones where the grades have kind of moved down over the years he's he's progressed but i think there's still you know average to above average potential i just like i said i don't even know if he's gonna if he can play I don't know when he's going to be able to play or if he can't. Like I said, the Yankees expressed concerns that he might never play again. So I, I, I'm hesitant to talk about adding him or even what's going on with him uh, long term. We just we don't know at this point in time. Other bits of big news. White Sox signed Kendall Graveman. You almost have to laugh because they're trying to trade Craig Kimbrell. What an awful trade. I mean, oof. White Sox fans will still defend that one. Like, I called that one of the worst trades of the deadline, and they still want to explain to me why that was a good trade. Cody Hewer was better down the stretch for the Cubs, and they got Nick Madrigal. I mean, they gave up two big pieces, and what I, it, they're getting close to the point with that Kimbrel trade. We'll see how things work out with the CBA. They're not going to be able to trade him before then. But, he, I mean, they're not going to get a great asset. It, uh, they might be stuck holding on to him. But they had Kendall Graveman uh, at a cheaper rate. That seems smart. 
Giants kept Alex Wood and Anthony DeScalfini. Uh, I thought $12 million for three years for DeScalfini was a solid get. Uh, the Wander Franco extension, I think, you know, he probably gave up. I mean, I've seen estimates anywhere from 45 to $100 million, but he's still, with that 11-year contract, he'd be a free agent at age 31. Uh, he's so young. I think it's a smart deal for sure by the Reds. We'll see if anyone else takes that aggressive an approach. But again, I want to point out, like, Wander Franco is viewed as a generational talent. He is viewed as, like, the next great player. Not just shortstop, player in baseball. So I think it behooves Tampa to go out and make that move. It's a great move for them. I mean, it's hard to say it's a bad move for Wander uh, when he gets, you know, what he got in that deal uh, hundreds of millions of dollars or maybe just a hundred million right what's the exact amount like 180 something like that uh so shy of a you know of hundreds of millions just 182 million uh <laughs> we talked about the Aaron loop of it all um you know we, i mentioned previously say a suzuki had been posted we don't have a whole lot there uh, there, there's a lot of t- people thirsting right now over talent. Uh, we know Steve Matz will sign soon. But yeah, I threw that really for this podcast. The uh, biggest piece of information was the Clint Frazier stuff. We are going to call that a show for today. I want to thank you all for listening, reading, and reviewing, downloading our little show. It really helped. I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day. Free and available on all podcasting platforms. And as we now say, go, go, Guardians, go.